Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Monday, September 11, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney and this is the show where I go through what's new and happening in the auto world of automation. I hope you're having a great Monday. I'm a little sleepy this morning, but we're going to plow through and get it done. And with that, let's go ahead and get started. I want to start first by uh, just sending it out a reminder there that, um, you know, help our show grow if you really enjoy it and you want to help the show grow and reach more people and continue to keep going for uh, weeks to come, um, please consider giving us a like and a sub. So if, especially if you like one of the episodes, give it a like. You can do so over on LinkedIn where we're live right now. You can do it over at um, um, you know Facebook, Twitter, and just pretty much any, uh, uh, you know, any uh, social media platform out there on the uh, market today. So we're trying to be on all of them. And if you could, especially on LinkedIn, I know most of you are up there. Please give us a like if you enjoyed the show. Now with that, let's jump into the news. We get some great stuff to talk about today. Um, first up, uh, Rockwell has a press release. They're um, releasing a new service called Repair Plus, which I think will be great for those large, very, very large companies that do a lot of repairs, because this will allow them to budget the repairs and pay for it as a service, uh, like as a monthly basis. So very interesting. If you do a lot of repairs with Rockwell Automation, check out this press release. Um, from there, we go over to Inductive, and they're announcing that Ignition Cloud Edition is now available on the Microsoft Azure Marketplace. And this uh, includes uh, the core modules, Perspective, Reporting, SQL Bridge, OPC UA, Enterprise UA, Administration, um, Tag Historian, Alarm Notification, and more. So if you're interested in this, check that out. From there, we go over to Advantech. Advantech has a new uh, press release out that they just purchased Bitflow. Now, I didn't know who Bitflow was, so I pulled them up here. And these, they make uh, frame grabbers for machine vision. So if you are listening and not watching, you can see the, um, you know, these PCI cards with video inputs here. So, um, Apparently, these cards also have a lot of AI built into them, too. So, very interesting acquisition. We also have a new press release from ASRock. They make industrial computers, and they just received Intel's premium industrial PC program certified. Um, and so, their, their devices are now Intel certified devices. And this includes, let me zoom in here a little bit, the iEPF9010S, EY4, the 9010E, and the 5000G, as you can see on the screen there. All right, so now we're on to our featured product of the day. This is the PanelView Plus course over at theautomationschool.com. Of course, when you purchase this, you get lifetime access and support. Um, this course you can either get for $50 if you just want this course, or if you want to get the next course, which comes out in 2024, for free, the ultimate PanelView Plus course then you, this course is $69. So either $49 or $69, depending if you want to get the next gen or not. Both of them come with uh, lifetime access and support. From there, we go over to an article from PTC. Now, I thought this was very interesting. How augmented reality adoption in manufacturing is transforming processes. You can see here, like we saw with IQ Agent in a previous podcast, a person is holding up a, a tablet with using the camera to view the process. And there's all these other uh, descriptors, almost like a transparent HMI screen on top of the process. And that's really what, when we think in augmented reality, I think that's what most of us think about. Now, I'm not going to read the entire article, but some of the areas they think it can, 
that you know AR can transform manufacturing includes end-of-line inspection, component location and service instructions, machine operation, and then they kind of go over to the consumer side, customer self-service, right? And it could be an industrial user. It doesn't have to be, you know, somebody going into a department store. Uh, customer self-service and product familiarization. So I, I can't argue with any of those. If you want to know more, they have uh, the article kind of goes into some pretty deep um, uh, topics here. And there's also a link to uh, more information, excluding, including, I think this is a white paper. So from there, we go over to an article different, but similar from Aviva. And this is the five use cases for emerging industrial metaverse. Now the metaverse from a, you know, popular culture, the metaverse would be considered a, um, like a VR virtual world where kind of like you can do with consoles today, no matter what game you're playing, you can message other people, you can chat with other people, you can talk to them. Um, the metaverse and popular culture would be like that, but for virtual worlds, right? But Aviva sees the metaverse for industrial applications as including big data, uh, operational data management, artificial intelligence, robotic processes, uh, automation and autonomous systems, digital twins and cloud computing. So a lot of the digital, digital let me see if I can say that again, digitization topics that we talk about on a regular basis. And uh, what they see, they see as the five use cases for the metaverse in industrial applications are strengthening engineering and design. Okay, so you would definitely see that with a digital twin, right? You can do a lot more, test a lot more. We see that a lot with, uh, you know, 3D printing, where we can, uh, you know, get fast prototype uh, parts and check them out and see if they work and so on. Um, the next one is collapsing supply chain silos. After that, they have optimizing industrial operations. Now, we had, a, a, I think it's Simumatic on the podcast uh, last year, and they showed how you could not only simulate your, in 3D, your machine or your process, you could actually then put on a VR headset and actually stand there and see, hey, is the, uh, the buttons at the right height? You know, how does it feel? You know, is the security fence, is it far enough away? You know, what does it feel like? What does it look like? Actually stand there virtually and look at it. You could also do it just like with a 3D view as well um, with like an avatar. But in any case, um, the fourth one they have here is addressing skill gaps. We, there was recently an article about doing safety training in VR uh, that one of the major vendors have. So um, that's very interesting as well as far as enhanced safety and risk mitigation. So and for that one, they say simulating complex scenarios and virtual rehearsals, kind of like what I was saying earlier, can reduce operational safety risks. And uh, so I think all these, they kind of all blend together, but I think they're all very good points. I just, I think the most confusing thing is when you think metaverse from a commercial standpoint or from a, uh, you know, consumer electronic standpoint, we're pretty much talking virtual reality. And here we're talking digitalization, right? We're talking big data, we're talking digital twins. You know, we're talking a lot of different things than we would think about as a consumer. So from there, we go over to some new products from Kiants. They actually, you know, I follow them every day and they haven't had a new product in a while, but now they have four today. So well, let's cover them. The first one is their VS series vision system with built-in AI. Now, this looks like a really awesome system here. Uh, one of the things I liked about this, and if you're watching, I'll show you the snippet from the video on this page, is that it has 5X optical zoom, which I thought was very cool. Another cool thing about this series 
is that it has um, both AI for like AI-based sorting and uh, so algorithms to sort, algorithms to do detection of difficult to detect parts, but it also has rule-based uh, intelligence as well. So it can do 1D code, 2D codes, it can do a character recognition, it can do a presence checking and so on. So very interesting product. Um, definitely uh, check it out. It's one of those new vision products on the market today that are just doing so much more than what we could do 10, 15 years ago. From there, we go over to these three products from Kants. They're all related to ear. So the first one is kind of the big one here. It's an air quality multi-sensor, the MP-F series. And this unit actually has a little LCD on it. And it's very interesting. You can see here what it looks like installed. And this thing can show you your air consumption, your pressure, your temperature and humidity. Plus with an optional port, you could actually bring in data from like maybe some CTs or PTs and actually monitor your energy consumption as well, right? So very interesting product. We're gonna be covering a very similar product minus the display here in an upcoming episode of the Automation Podcast from SMC. Don't miss that. What a very cool product that is. Um, they also have a new dual sensor for pressure and airflow. This is the FDEP series. And the last one is actually a clip-on, the world's first, they say, clamp-on airflow sensor, the FDEC series. So uh, just four great new products from Kiants. From there, we go over to Bill Weedman. They're announcing some new power supplies for the Aussie 5 uh, gateways. And uh, these are these work with the existing gateways, but they're based on new technology. They're less expensive. They use more modern internals. And so if you're using Aussie 5 gateways you from uh, Bill Weedman, you want to check out these new power supplies. From there, we go over to ISA's website. They have a couple of product announcements here. First is Bristol Instruments, a company I don't follow. I'll have to check them out after the show. But they introduced a brand new line of digital signal conditioners, the OMX212PM. And these look like your typical, very thin, you know, thin rail mount uh, signal conditioners. So I wanted to share that with you. And then they also had an announcement from SF, FCI presents remote monable view for a flow meters. So the thing of this as, you know, the display for the flow meter that you can remotely mount which is great if, you, if your flow meter is in a difficult to reach situation or if it would be hazardous to actually try to get in there and look at the flow meter. So a cool product from FCI. And with that, for in our video section, we have a uh, new video from Turk. This is kind of a chat about their new Profi uh, net Ethernet encoders. And um, so these are their absolute encoders we talked about last week. So they kind of go through with the product managers talking about different features and functions of them. And from there, we got a couple of events. The first one is uh, about Digital Twins. It's sponsored by ARC and Honeywell. This is on December, uh, I'm sorry, September 19th at 11 a.m. Eastern. And uh, if you're interested in learning about what Honeywell has to offer for process Digital Twins, um, check this article out. I had a great conversation last week with uh, uh, Steve Mustard, who is the former uh, president of ISA. He's been using a lot of digital twins and uh, I actually picked up a book that he contributed a chapter to and I hope to have him on a future show. But a really thick book, actually a two volume set on digital twins. So some light reading um, in, in my future. But in any case, from there we go over to Horner Automation and they have a uh, webinar coming up on Tuesday, September 26th. 
at 2 p.m. Eastern, and this is all about their chart recorders. So if you're looking for chart recorders, check that out. And uh, as far as downloads and updates, we have uh, the latest version of CyProtect Tools is out, version 1.9. That's from Siemens. Also from Siemens, we have uh, updated firmware version 1.1 for their Scalance XC300 and XR300 uh, switches. And one more download here, BIOS for their um, Cymatic IPCs. So you can see that there. Uh, so if you have any of those products, check those links out. Uh, and finally, in our other science and technology section, I thought this was just a great article. This is from IEEE, and it's Sand Size Microchips Take on Fake Foods and Drugs. And what this is about is, you can see here, if you're watching, a picture of a quarter. And these little microchips are, they're so small, you could fit two of them inside the U for United States, right? And... Um, they're, they're just, they're tiny, and how they get them so small is they're not RFID, because the wavelength, they're too small to be able to pick up the wavelength at that, at that size. So they're actually laser-triggered, right? So you shine a laser at them, and then they'll send out their, um, their ID, their information, like the serial number. And uh, in any case, I think that's really cool. A couple things about this. First of all, it makes it extremely affordable to put these on you know, less expensive products. Like in this article, they're talking about uh, uh, um, cheese and other food products. Now these cannot be eaten, right? They're not designed to be eaten, but they can be put on the label to ensure that uh, it's not counterfeit, right? And uh, if you get creative, you can hide them somewhere. And because they require a laser to read, right? Um, it's less likely people are gonna uh, forge them. The other cool thing about these is because it does require a laser to read these, if you had a bunch of parts next to each other, you could precisely aim your laser and actually read it. Where with RFID, if the parts are really close together, it's hard to read each individual tag. But of course, if you're shining a laser at it, you know, then, uh, then um, you know, it's very easy to aim that at the particular product you want to you wanna read. So very interesting article over at IEEE Spectrum. Now, if you think I missed any news today, please use the submit news link over at theautomationblog.com to send us your, the story you think we missed. Also, I want to thank our sponsor today, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. Also, uh, you can join our community. You can follow us for free over at automation.locals.com. If you decide you have questions or you're looking for some old software you think I might have, maybe a free download. I know I had somebody contact me, was it last week, about System Ferret again, which is up here, along with DTM software and Slick 100 software and stuff like that. Um, you can join for just $2 a month. And I, I want to thank everybody who's following up here and everybody who's joined as well. Thank you, guys. Also want to thank everybody who picked up my ebook last week. I have one on Control Logics, one on Compact Logics. Also, a shout-out to everybody who picked up one of the video collections. Appreciate it. It really helps us keep the site going and, uh, you know, pay the server bills and uh, keep bringing you new content every day. From there, I uh, also want to mention our coffee cups, T-shirts, and more. We have some swag over there at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop. And with that, after this live stream is done and I finish editing it and uploading it to all the other destinations, um, I will be going up to automate.news, no www, no.com, and putting all the stories in I covered today in the order in which I covered them. So if you're interested in any of these links, uh, you'll find them all up there by end of day at automate.news. And again, if you think that's a helpful site, please share that as well as sharing our morning news show. And with that, I just want to thank you all for taking time out of your busy day, whether you're watching us live in the morning or you're watching us in the evening after work.
I want to thank you. And please, if you do enjoy the show, give us a like and share it on social media. And with that, I want to wish you a very happy, safe, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.